Hello, it's Graham here. Welcome to the AFC Donscast from the Inverness Reds. We're recording this one on Sunday, the 16th of April, 2023. It was an important day on Friday, 120 years since the Dons came into being, and just over a 2,300-strong Red Army marched to Dingwall on Friday night in full voice. Ross County came out of the blocks all guns blazing, and indeed throughout the game kept on the pressure. There was a VAR check only six minutes into the game after two handball appeals in quick succession as attempts from County were charged down. However, shortly afterwards, a long pass from Leighton Clarkson released Duke on the right of the box and he placed the ball low towards the corner of the net to put the Dons in front and make it Lewis's 18th goal of the season in all competitions and his sixth in five games. There was another celebration of sorts for Graham Shinney, making his 200th appearance in a Don shirt, but following a late bombardment by County, he received a questionable injury time red card. The Don's defence did their job yet again, though, to secure the win and made it our fourth clean sheet in a row, the first time we've done that since January 2015. Barry, six straight wins and a five-point lead in third place. Um, that was some performance tonight. I just don't ever underestimate how hard that game was. I knew it was. We've done analysis all week on what Ross County are, especially here in this arena. They, they will, they, from the first kickoff, they put the ball right in the channel, got a corner, started hitting set plays, corners, throw-ins. We worked on, um, we worked on that all week, um, having to deal with that and having to defend uh, that because. At this stage of the season, as much as you want to go and play, we need to try and play free form, we need to win football matches. And the one thing that we've been really good at and consistent at is um, the speed we transition at, and you saw it again tonight. I think in the first half, two or three times, we just got that last pass wrong and we were gone again. Um, and that's what we're really hard to deal with. But um, apart from that, it's really hard to get into the game when, when they, put, they keep putting so many... Um, they put so many balls on top of you like that um, but we stood up we dealt with it and, and um, we, we when you've got to do well in a season campaign when you've got to try and be a good side you've got to come up here and deal with that you've got you can't it's not about just in this this team's fighting for their lives we, you've got to be able to come up and deal with that and we did and um, that was the most pleasing thing for me It's been some defensive transformation in the team you just you watch the Aberdeen team at the moment and you believe even if the goal goes in in 16 minutes, uh, you're going to take a bit of breaking down after that. I think it's a, a, a famous old saying, you cannot be a good attacking team to a good defensive team. And we are that at the minute um, and we've, we've built that structure in. Um, we've found a system that suits um, and systems are alright, systems against the ball. We're not a system when we're with it. Um, we try and play through teams pretty quickly. Um, we try and get our wing backs going. But I would try and get Boyan dropping into areas, Ryan Duncan running behind, and all these sort of things. And you can see it really clicking at times, but it's not always easy at this t- stage of the, the season. And, and credit to Ross County for how hard uh, how hard they worked and, and the way they put you under pressure. And um, I'm just glad we, we came out with that bit of quality tonight. It's a sharp finish by Duke, isn't it? Yeah, he's on fire. He's he, what a good kid he is. And, he deserves it, and Leighton Clarkson, what we said to him um, when I first came in and, and sat and watched him and, and spoke to him and, and things about training, I, I said that every player can play nice sideways passes and backwards passes and they think they're a football player. No, when you want to be a football player, you need to pass the ball through the lines quickly, you need to slide balls in for strikers, that's what top players do, and you can see that now. You can see he's doing it 
is continuously he's doing it. He's making goals with it. He's better on the press. He's better on the counter press. He's getting about the pitch better. And when he brings that to the table, then that releases Ryan Duncan, Duke, Boyan. They start to look dangerous. They're running in behind. They're starting to get fed. And it brings excitement and speed to the team. If that Ryan Duncan shot goes in, then it's a whole lot more comfortable at the end. Yeah, as and listen, the, the Ryan's done really well as well. Um, but it's missing Ramadani tonight as well. Obviously, had the flu. So, but we, me and my staff knew exactly what we were coming in here tonight. We knew we knew what this game was being. I knew this was one of our one of our hardest games since we've been in, and it proved that. And um, I'm just glad we came away with the result. What about the Graham Shinney red card? It's not a red card for me. I, um, when he went in for the tackle, he won the ball first, bounced off him, he tried to pull his leg away. Um, it's frustrating. Um, and the one thing I will say is, every one of the players that play for me or play for Aberdeen Football Club will go in that challenge. I want that. And um, I will never take that out of us. That's what we are. That's what we want to be. We will go in that challenge. And I don't think it was a bad challenge. I think it's part of the game. I think um, he didn't deserve to get sent off. So I'm I'm not angry with Graham at all. I That's what I want from the players. Will you appeal it? I'll have to go and speak to the club. Um, listen, don't get me wrong, if it's a dangerous challenge or if it, someone goes over the top, yep, 100%, I get that. But that for me wasn't. That was a, a good challenge for me. It could be costly, couldn't it, if the suspension sticks? Um, big games. Yeah, but it's it's the same in the VAR situation. Where every time a ball goes out of play, all I hear from staff, um, players, fans, media, check, check. Are we checking? Are we checking? Are we checking? It's all I hear. Where's the game going? Where's it going? It's all I hear. All I hear. It's and then you stand for five minutes and then we wait. Well, right, it's a decision. It's, I don't know, it's frustrating for me. I'm, I'm, it's, every single decision gets challenged now. Every decision. And it becomes frustrating. It slows the game down. It slows the game down for us. We want to be quite high tempo. And what you don't want to do tonight, of course, is cast any sort of shadow on what's been a, a great night, a big win. Great night, big win. And a really top, top, top defensive performance. Um, I know everybody wants to go and have great attack in football, but... Um, what about some unbelievable good defensive football um, and you need a bit of everything if you want to be successful well done buddy thank you coming up Angus MacDonald shares his bowel cancer story after he was diagnosed with the condition aged 26 first up though a quick round up with the rest of the matches in the SPFL at the weekend on Saturday, Kevin Nisbet scored the only goal as Hibs beat Hearts 1-0 in the Edinburgh Derby at Easter Road. The top six race won't be settled until this weekend, with Livingston still in contention after beating St Johnston 2-0 at the Tony Macaroni Arena. St Mirren are fifth after losing 5-2 to Rangers at Ibrox. Dundee United moved off the foot of the Premiership at the expense of Ross County thanks to a 2-1 win at Motherwell. Dundee edged a point clear at the top of the Championship after hitting back to draw 3-all with Morton at the Kilmack Stadium. Inform Inverness Callie Thistle are just outside the top four after winning 2-1 at bottom club at Cove Rangers. Third place Partick Thistle drew 1-all with an Air United side just below them in the table. It was also 1-all between Wraith Rovers and Arbroath at Starks Park. Dunfermline Athletics secured the League One title by thrashing Queen of the South 5-0 at East End Park. 
It was 2-0 between second place Falkirk and Airdrionians, who were our third. Fourth place, Allo Athletic beat Kelty Hearts 1-0 at New Central Park and Clyde defeated FC Edinburgh 2-1 at New Douglas Park. Peter Head are five points adrift at the foot of the table after losing 2-1 at Montrose. Sterling Albion stay nine points clear in League Two after winning 1-0 at Stenhouse Muir and could seal the title at Dumbarton on Tuesday. Dumbarton were 2-0 winners at Bonnie Rig Rose. East Fife stay on course for the playoffs after an incredible 8-0 thrashing of Stranraer at Bayview. Third place Annan Athletics off bottom club Albion Rovers 4-0 at Gala Bank, while Elgin City beat 4 for Athletic 2-0 at Barra Briggs. And on Sunday, Kilmarnock lost 4-1 to Celtic at Rugby Park. Five pairs of ordinary Brits I have faith in you. on an epic journey across Canada. Love that. Love that. Okay, let's do this. Let's go. Go, 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 go. go. No phones. My God, this map goes on forever. Wow. We're not going to make it. No flights. No. No luxuries. We have to get to the checkpoint as quickly as possible. And no plan. I want to do this. Got no idea. Are your dogs friendly? Yes. Are you going to kill us? No. Okay. Oh, feel the heat enough. We need to be taking this a lot more serious. This is not a jolly. Something you may need. Bear spray. Bear spray? You just spray it on you like aftershave. Well, I'm not going out to find a bear. We're looking to get to Whitehorse today. It's no holiday. Good luck. <laughs> it's race across the world. And it continues every Wednesday at 9pm on BBC One Scotland and iPlayer. If you've seen any of Aberdeen's last half dozen games, then you'll have noticed that Angus MacDonald is a born winner, not a man who takes no for an answer. A warrior by inclination, nothing can keep him down, whether the challenge comes on the field or off it. Yet he had his own battle not long ago with bowel cancer at the age of 26. Here he is telling his story to Clan Cancer Support. Well, Angus, thank you so much again for for coming into Clan. It's lovely to see you back here. Um, We've spoke about this already, but I wonder, just for the purposes of the interview, if you could just tell me about your diagnosis and take us back to that that stage in your life, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, so I don't mind speaking about it. It's it's something that's been a big part of my life and my journey. So um, before the diagnosis, I'd actually had a previous uh, blood clot when when I was at Hull, um, got picked up. So after all of that sort of happened, I then went through investigation and tests to why I was having a blood clot in my leg, why I was having these sort of symptoms. And that's when I sort of went in for regular colonoscopies because at the time I was dealing with colitis as well. And um, it was about the third or fourth one where they took the biopsies and then called straight back in the next day thinking well, that's not right why am I you know they said well I'll wait two weeks you get the results and then a day later I was back in for the results and then sat in a room with just me and a doctor and you know he broke the bad news to me that you know I had bowel cancer so it was it was a dark day it was tough obviously I couldn't go with anyone um well it wasn't so much I didn't go with anyone but it was that it was not knowing that's what he was going to tell me so it was like, you know, I'm just going to go, you know, you've got inflammation in your bowel, you've got inflammation in your stomach, and then it was, no, you've got bowel cancer. And it's like, well, if I knew that was going to be the, the outcome, I'd have probably, you know, brought my mum, brought my family and stuff. And what, what age were you at that point? Um, I was 26 when I got diagnosed. So, yeah, quite young. 
26 when you got diagnosed with bowel cancer, but you had had, there were issues in the background kind of running up to that stage. Yeah, so we go way back to when I was sort of 15 and had a blood clot in my lung. Um, and that's when sort of like my colitis, inflammation in my stomach and the bowel started. And um, the doctor actually said to me at the time, he said, uh, you'll never play football again. So, you know, once the, the blood clot in the lung got sorted and was absolutely fine, I sort of ignored my symptoms um, just because of that one comment, you'll never play football again. And I know, you know, not everyone is going to play football, not everyone's, but I think when someone tells you you're not going to do what you love doing and what you, want, what you always dreamt of doing, that's the only reason I hid it. Um, did I know the extent of if it was, you know, if I hide it for too long or if the symptoms carry on, did I know it was going to turn into bowel cancer? No. Um, so, yeah. Is there a wee bit of regret you feel now? Like, do you, do you feel you kind of did push it to the side a wee bit? Or? Um, I don't regret it um, as such. You know, I probably, I probably could have done different things and, you know, probably could have looked after my my diet in different ways I, tr I tried all different types of diets to keep the symptoms down you know I went gluten free I went celiac and I tried you know I cut out caffeine cut out fizzy drink sugar this that and the other you name it and nothing helped um so I don't regret it but definitely looking back that if I didn't have that blood clot in my leg that I would never have probably got the tests I needed to find out that I had the bowel cancer so I do think the, the blood clot in my leg saved you know ultimately saved my life because I probably wouldn't would just carry and ignore any symptoms until it was too late. That's unbelievable. And how how did you how did you feel? I'm I'm sorry if this is difficult to discuss, but taking you back that stage when you you thought you were just kind of going for a, a kind of routine um, appointment at that stage, how did you feel when you actually got the news? Um, I literally remember I remember him saying cancer, and that was it. Like just switched off from I can't remember what else he said. I, Everything just went sort of numb and just dark in the room. It was just, you switch off because, you know, I think there's a, you know, there's a big persona around the word cancer. Everyone, you know, relates it to, to bad, to bad outcomes. And that was definitely in, in the back of my mind. You know, am I going to, am I going to live? Am I going to, you know, stay alive? And that was, that was a real scary moment in life, in my life. And in terms of when you were going through that, how did you how did you process it? Did you did you reach out to people? Did you speak to friends, family, or was it a case of just you had to work it out yourself first? What was your process? I I remember leaving the hospital after you know many tears. You know I was probably in there a couple hours. Um, the whole doctor had come across and met me and took me for a coffee and tried to reassure me as much as possible. Um, but it weren't till I sort of left and was on my own. And I was actually driving back down south, so I had four hours in the car on my own. And that's when, you know, I think I even pulled over at services and just, just sat there and just, you know, I don't even know what I thought. It was just it was just sort of looking to the distance and just my mind was blank and it was it was just a really lonely time. But I didn't, I think I've said this to you before, I didn't want to feel like I was a burden on anyone. I didn't want to tell my family straight away. I didn't want to tell my mum and dad because I know they'd be, you know, worried, upset. Um, so sort of the first three or four days I've completely shut off from everyone and just dealt with it on my own, which probably wasn't a good thing. And what, um, how did you feel when you, when you then did go and speak to someone and start kind of sharing um, the information? I felt better. Um, it was, 
it was probably what the hardest part of the whole journey was definitely going home and telling my family um that was the hardest part but I, myself how i felt was you know i'm going to get through this once i spoke to the doctors once i spoke to a few more people it really encouraged me that i was going to get through this the operation would go okay and hopefully i can get back to playing football i know when <clears throat> you know everyone says you know when you get that sort of diagnosis that you know there's more important things in life than football but one of the most important things in my life is football it was sort of like a catch 22 like i know i'll be healthier after the operation but in my mind it was more of a, a mindset to get back to playing football that's what that was my aim and that was my goal so it really did help speaking to more people and getting that encouragement from them and you know specialists and people like clan there was a there was western park up in sheffield that i went and spoke to and you know so reassuring that you know we've caught it early this should you know catching it early should absolutely be absolutely fine afterwards and when you were at that stage of maybe kind of taking it in and thinking about the next next stages how how were you feeling about football and did you just try and keep things going how, did, did you speak to your teammates about it how was um, it um i got you know i got loads of messages when the news broke i was actually i took myself away i went on holiday um and the news broke when i was away which was quite nice because i turned my phone off um but then you know when i finally turned it on and there was hundreds of messages it was nice to read through that so many people are supporting you um but knowing that my operation or the first operation was coming up it was sort of i did switch off from football completely and it wasn't so much the mindset and the aim of to get back to playing it was right let's get over this first hurdle let's get over this first operation first and then we can look look to see what's next and where are you where are you now in your cancer journey uh, all clear i got the all clear um actually i think i got it all clear two or three weeks afterwards it hadn't spread into my lymph nodes hadn't spread anywhere else and you know by having the operation by cutting it out um you know it i was all clear so three three and a half years down the line i'm now back playing football back doing what i love doing and as healthy as i've you know probably this is the healthiest i have been in in my whole life and so it's now we're coming up to bell cancer awareness month you're here at clan what would your what would your message be to anyone who's maybe thinking something's not quite right but they're kind of hanging off going seeking professional advice what, what would your message be just now get checked as soon as possible because you know i know that's that's a cliche thing probably to say get checked as soon as possible but you know if i'd have left it any later or if i'd have left it months down the line years down the line you know my journey wouldn't have been as easy it wouldn't have been as simple it might not have just been two operations and no chemo and radio it might have you know you know i might not be here um so my message would be get checked as soon as possible you know there's no worries there's support around you um you know from your loved ones from people at clan um so yeah just get checked as soon as possible absolutely and we're so grateful that you as soon as you came to Aberdeen Football Club you were keen to engage with a a, a local um cancer support charity and and so pleased that you you chose clan what 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 kind of role do you think um organizations like clan play in um people who are going through a cancer diagnosis is life massive um you know it just shows that you aren't alone if you're going through a journey a treatment that you know you can come in places like clan and you can have that that support 
network to come and have a cup, whether it's just a coffee, whether it's a chat, and it's you know it makes a massive difference for people that probably feel so low and can't get any lower that you know you can you can pick them up for an hour during the day and they might leave you know happier and they might leave a bit more reassured and you know just take just take the weight off and what at what point did you decide you know i i want to do this i want to you know, use my position and my platform to, to raise awareness about um the importance of of early detection, for example? It was when I was um, led in bed in the hospital after my first operation. I was in there for 10 days, so you got a lot of time to sit and think and, you know, stare at four walls. So it was like, you know, I'm, I'm lucky, like you said, I have a, have a bigger platform than sort of most people to try and hit more target audience. So I was like, I could really make a difference and try and try and help as many people as possible, um, make their journey easier and I know it's never easy, but, you know, shorter or whatever it may be, you know, just, just to help as much as possible. And when you, when you came to Clan, how did you, how did you feel when you kind of walked through the building and got a sense of what the charity's about? Very welcomed, very relaxed. Um, you know, there's, you know, there's great things going on here. Um, you know, you've got a great building. Uh, great facilities, you know, that, that helps because sometimes you're you're sat in a waiting room in hospitals and not always the nicest of places. You've got, you know, sick and ill people around you, so it's nice to come in here and it's it was sort of walking into a breath of fresh air. Um, you know, you've got the great hotel facilities as well, you know, if you're travelling from far and stuff, and that's, you know, I've not seen that in other places that I've been before. Great, and, and in terms of, would you, you mentioned that you were supported by a charity, when you were going through your diagnosis, how helpful was it for you to have that outlet at that time? Well, it wasn't actually till after I'd come through my second operation that I realised that there was um, a charity to support me as such. Um, so that's why, sort of, when I moved here, it was like not everyone knows that there's places like Clan. Um, you know, I'd have. You know, being at the Sheffield Hospital as much as I was, I would have loved to just come out of the hospital and come for a coffee in a, in a nice environment instead of being stuck up in a waiting room, sat there for hours, not knowing when you're going to get seen. So it was, it, that's, that's really, you know, hopefully that can raise awareness for you guys to, to, to tell you that people are here to help. If, I, if I'd have realised that there was somewhere like Clan to come and get away from the waiting rooms in the hospital, to come and have a coffee, to come take the weight off, then, you know, that would have been fantastic. And I think there's so many people out there that don't realise that the support is there for them. So, yeah, being 26, a uh, professional footballer, I don't think anyone would have thought that, you know, I would have been diagnosed with bowel cancer. Um, but it just goes to show that this can affect anyone at all ages. Um, but my message would be definitely tackle this head on. Um, there's so much support out there for you and it, it might not be, be as bad as what you're thinking, but the unknown symptoms, the unknown of what it could be will probably end up being worse if you leave it. In your own words, just how would you like to work with, with Clan going forward? People more so when you're younger probably won't want to talk about what symptoms they have. 
Um, so just to really get involved, make it fun, make it not all doom and gloom because sometimes that's you know ultimately what it is. So if we can shine a bit of light on someone's day, brighten up their day a little bit, then then yeah, definitely. Thursday at 2.30pm, Angus will join Clan Cancer Support at Clan House in Aberdeen for their Bowel Cancer Awareness event. Angus will share his own story about his cancer diagnosis and will be joined by staff from NHS Grampians colorectal team who will outline the main signs and symptoms of bowel cancer as well as the risk factors and treatments available. To attend the event, you can sign up online via the Clan Cancer Support website at clancancersupport.org or on their Facebook page at Clan Cancer Support. And if you're in the Ellen or Inverurie areas, Clan has been chosen to be part of the Tesco Community Grant Token Scheme. So if you're shopping in Tesco in those areas, put your blue token in the slot for Clan as you exit the store. Amy, are you okay? Yep. I've been hustling my whole life. Look where it's gotten me. are so angry about. Bitch-ass handyman pissing on my hardwood floor? This is European. Oh, come on. I found ways to manage my stress. You're born. Make choices. And suddenly, you're here. This is fun. Maybe we're not normal. Maybe normal people are just delusional. You started this. Me? Yeah. Okay, you're the one who backed into me like a psycho. You're the one that flipped me off all roided out and sh- Hey! Are you guys leaving or are you just gonna sit there? What'd you say? What'd you say? Say it again! I dare you to say it again! A road raid incident between two strangers, a failing contractor and an unfulfilled entrepreneur sparks a feud that brings out their darkest impulses. Revenge is best served raw, beef only, on Netflix. 
the story of Aberdeen FC's remarkable run in the 1983 European Cup Winners' Cup, guided by Sir Alex Ferguson, which ended in a final victory against Real Madrid, will be told in a compelling new BBC Scotland documentary. The hour-long film, Aberdeen 83, Once in a Lifetime, features interviews from many involved in the success, including Sir Alex himself, Captain Willie Miller and other members of the team, such as Alex McLeish and Gordon Strachan. Produced by Fever Media and Motive Pictures for BBC Scotland, this is a story of brotherhood, but also of a drive that greatness requires. The message was, play hard, but work hard, or you're gone. The documentary also hears from the fans who followed the team around Europe, including to Gothenburg for the final, where the underdogs wrote history in Scottish and European football. Aberdeen 83 Once in a Lifetime will be shown on Thursday the 11th of May at 10pm on the BBC Scotland channel and iPlayer. Aberdeen under-18 suffered a second defeat in a row on the road when they lost narrowly at the Orium in Edinburgh to Hearts 4-3. Liam Harvey opened the scoring first for the Dons in the fifth minute, with Hearts equalising shortly after. Then there was a frantic goal-mouth action with the Dons going ahead again in the 42nd minute through Cameron Wilson, only for Hearts to equalise again just in half-time to make it 2-all. Things then got even worse at the start of the second half. From a corner, the ball fell to Mackenzie Ross and the striker swept a first-time shot into the net to make it 3-2 to the hosts. As Aberdeen continued to throw bodies forward to get back into the game, Hearts produced a good break which found Ross in space in a central area and the striker produced a cool finish to make it 4-2. However, with 10 minutes to go, the Yang Dons had a lifeline. A Hamilton cross from the left was knocked down by Mackenzie and Lewis Piri produced a brilliant finish on the turn. But it wasn't enough as the game ended 4-3. Cammy caught up with Johnny Hayes at Monday, training last week following our win against Kilmarnock. Johnny, you've been part of a defence that's kept four clean sheets in our last five games. How much confidence has that given you? It's massive. I think the manager maybe touched on it in his press where he said um, you can't be a good attacking team until you're a good defensive team. I think the boys have really taken that on board. I think you look at the best teams in the world, Man City, um, they win the ball back for us, they press as a team, they're organised and I think you need to have that to be successful. I think it's it's a base for us to go and build on in terms of clean sheets and then it allows Leighton to get on the ball, um, our attacking players to get on the ball. But I think if you don't have that good defensive structure, um, I don't think you'll be successful. We're coming into the final push now, seven games. How much will your experience, do you find, help in these last few games? Uh, to be honest, I think we've, we've got a good blend. I think um, obviously a couple of lads that have come in in January, particularly Angus, um, quite experienced. Graham coming back in as well. So that, it's not just myself. I think I feel the, the, the group is well balanced. Um, I think we're, we're in a good place. I have a bit of momentum now going forward. So it's, uh, it's still, we still haven't done anything yet. We've still got a long way to go, a lot of points to play for. But we're, we're in a much better place, I suppose, now than we were. Few weeks ago with your youth academy hat on on saturday alfie came on and played for about 15 minutes or so and looked quite impressive ryan duncan i think played his first full 90 minutes for the first team how pleasing is that from your youth academy side to see that yes yeah, brilliant obviously the lads are a little bit older so i've not i've not got a chance to work with them but i'm delighted for alfie um he ryan's in the battle for a while alfie's he's a great boy he, he's down to earth he works hard and training every day um, I, i'm delighted to see from my point of view, along with obviously Scott, Barry, Gavin, etc., um, it's great to see the young lads come through. I think we've got a good pathway, a clear pathway for younger lads now, um, and I think it's good that Alfie playing, Ryan playing, Jack McKenzie in there, obviously Calvin Ramsey last year. It's it's clear for everyone to see that that's what we're trying to do, and it's it's encouraging from a youth academy point of view. Ross County on Friday night. We don't actually have the greatest of records against them in the last couple of years. 
How much are you looking forward to that one? I look forward to it. It's a, it's a good away day, um, as in I, I know Aberdeen fans love it. It's a, it's a nice trek. I would have probably preferred being on a Saturday. Um, but it's, it's good at Friday night in Dingwall. Um, I think we played up there midweek before and we had a good result 1-0 a couple of years ago, I remember. Um, obviously, recently it's not been as successful, but it's, it's a tough place to go. It's a tight pitch. They're well organised. Maggie's a good manager. Um, but we'll, it's something we're looking forward to. We've got confidence within the group now, so every game we're looking forward to. And finally, encouraging talks have been held over broadcasting Scotland football matches on free-to-air television. An MP involved in the meeting has said Gavin Newlands is calling for parity with England and Wales, where fans can watch international qualifying matches on terrestrial channels. Subscription only via play has the rights to Scotland's men's games to 2028. BBC Scotland, STV, Viaplay and the Scottish FA gathered to discuss the issue, but no agreement was reached. It's understood another meeting with stakeholders will be arranged in the coming weeks. The SFA has said it wants as many fans as possible to have access to national team matches. England supporters can watch their national team qualifiers on Channel 4, while Wales fans can view their side's matches on Welsh language station S4C. It's our last match before the split this Sunday at home against Rangers. The match will kick off at 4.30pm. This one is heading for a sellout. There were roughly just under 2,000 tickets still available as we recorded the podcast on Sunday morning. If you want to grab one, you'll need to be quick. You can purchase online at afc.co.uk forward slash tickets or at the ticket office itself. The other matches on Saturday in the Premiership are Hearts versus Ross County at 12.30pm. Then at 3 it's Celtic versus Motherwell. Dundee United are at home to Livingston. Hibs are away to St Johnston. And St Mirren are at home to Kilmarnock. And don't forget, Aberdeen's season tickets are now on sale for next season. The deadline for spreading your payment over 10 months is this Friday, the 21st of April. So make sure you sign up before then to take advantage of that. Don supporters have the opportunity to represent our Aberdeen FC eSports team in the inaugural East Scottish Football Cup. Belong Aberdeen will host two qualifying FIFA tournaments on Saturday the 29th of April to elect our two representatives. The winners will represent Aberdeen FC at the East Scottish Football Cup on the 20th and 21st of May at Hampden Park in Glasgow with the opportunity to take on other teams from across the country. To be in with a chance of entering, you'll need to register on the club website before Wednesday. And that's it from me. I'll be back next Tuesday with the AFC Donscast following the Rangers match. Till then, have a great week and stand free. That's all for this week. More Aberdeen news next Tuesday evening from 8.